0: Let's open our Bibles to Obadiah. See if you can find that one. If you can say it, you can find it. If you can read it, you can find it, because we have an index. Uh, I think most Bibles have an index in the front. If you can't find it, uh, just turn to the index, and it will tell you exactly where to go. Obadiah. Obadiah is uh, one of the minor prophets, and... He's kind of like the minorest of the minors, because he's the smallest, the shortest. When they say minor prophets, they don't mean that they have a minor message, it just means that they're smaller than the major prophets, right. And this particular book, Obadiah, you know, I'm fascinated, you know, we're just kind of doing this thing, we're going back and forth between the minor prophets and and the letters in Paul, and, and uh Looking at this little, tiny little book, um, Obadiah, the smallest book in the Old Testament, 21 verses is all, but, but as I began to read it, as I began to study it, it's like there's, there's no small message here, there's a huge message here. and Some of it has already been brought out uh, by our sisters here this morning. This guy Obadiah, though, who is he? he the truth is that we know pretty much nothing about him. We don't know anything about his family. We don't know about, you know, uh, exactly where he lived. We don't know a lot of stuff that we would like to know about him. But in my mind, um, it's like the, the, the study in the book of Hebrews. We don't really know who wrote the, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. And I think the reason is that because uh, the glory would all go to God and, and just the focus would be on God. Well, this particular book, Obadiah, we don't know much about him except his name. And his name, really, there's two meanings for his name, and and it's either servant of the Lord or worshiper of the Lord. They can mean both, right? And you know what? A lot of people don't know our names, but if we can be known as a servant, worshiper of the Lord, that's enough, don't you think? That's enough for me. If somebody can put on my tombstone, if I have a tombstone servant worshiper of the Lord. And I'm not saying this now so you guys, uh, I'm going to die tomorrow and make sure you put that on my stone or anything. But that could happen, right? Because, you know, I'm 39 now and, and, and anything can, can happen once you turn 39, right? So, but but to have that, that's enough. To be a servant, to be a worshiper of the Lord. That's enough. Now this guy Obadiah, again, this Tiny little chapter in the middle of our Bibles here. He's speaking, as we'll see, and we're not going to talk so much about it today. Next week we'll talk more about that. He's speaking to Edom. And when I say Edom, Edom is really Esau, the brother of? Anybody know? Jacob, Jacob's twin brother, right? And, and uh, he became known as Edom and, and also the, the nation that came from Esau or the nation that came from Edom. And it's written, really, uh, there's, there's a couple possibilities. We don't know exactly for sure, but most likely, many believe it was written around 550 B.C. after the invasion of Jerusalem. Some people think it might have been earlier than that. But the message I want to look at today is this, is that, that our pride will bring us down. That's the message he's talking about in these first. Few verses here in the book of Obadiah that our pride will bring us down. Let's read these first four verses. It says here the vision of Obadiah. This is what the sovereign Lord says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord, and an envoy was sent to the nations to say, Rise and let us go against her for battle, against Edom. And then the Lord says, see to Edom, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights, you who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? And though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars from there, I will bring you down, declares the Lord. Wow, that's a heavy message, isn't it? Say, well, that, that applies to somebody else over there. But you know what? Our sister pointed this out. It, pl- it applies to every one of us. And pride comes in in a lot of different ways. I was thinking about this. The pride that we have, we either do something really good and we can get really proud. Or we can blow it really bad and our pride gets wounded. But it's still our pride that's affecting us, you see. The pride that we have in, in like uh, ourselves. It's in me. Now, uh, you know, there are certain things, you know, well, you take pride in your job, you take pride in the work you do, and that's important, that's good, that's right. It's when we become proud about who I am. And it's more than that as well, as I'll mention in a minute. This message from God that Obadiah is speaking, he says that the nations would come against this group of people, this nation called Edom. And notice there in verse 2, he says, I will make you small. God says that to them. I will make you small. In other words, I will humble you, I will bring you down, I will, as someone said, cut you down to size. Yeah, well, None of us, you know, say, well, I don't really need to be cut down to size. I don't have a problem with pride. There you have the problem right there. You just, you just blew it. And you start to say, I don't have that kind of issue. You see, it's this arrogance, isn't it? That's what he says in verse 3. The pride of your heart has deceived you. This arrogance that comes in. This pride that comes in in so many different ways. One man said this. He said the full measure of pride is seen when we recall that this was the sin of Satan, the father of all sin. He said, it, it was pride that caused him to say, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. He's quoting from Isaiah chapter 14. He said, nothing lies so much at the heart of the problems of the human race as this prideful desire to take over God's place. Or, which amounts to nearly the same thing, to pretend that we can do without Him. See, that's, that's it right there. You see, that's, that's the crux of the issue with the human race and God, that we can do it without him, that we can make it on our own. Well, the truth is we cannot make it on our own because pride is what keeps us from bowing the knee to the Savior. Pride is what keeps us from letting God rule and control in our lives. It's Pride. It's pride that takes us on all these, you know, paths and, and different ways, thinking, well, I don't really need God in my life. I, I can do this. I can do this. Well, there are some things we can do, but you know what? We can't survive in this life, truthfully, without God's help. But so many, you know, the, 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 the numbers in, uh, on this planet that have, have, are just trying to do it on our own, the humanistic mindset that we have. I can make it. I can survive. I don't need God. That's pride. That's what that is. Interesting, though, he mentions about you know, Satan, the sin of Satan, and I, think, and I think you can read about this in Isaiah chapter 14. We're not going to turn there now in Ezekiel chapter 28 as well, where he says, it says, Satan was there. And, and you know, he got lifted up. His heart was was filled with pride. He got lifted up, and he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like God. I'm going to put myself on the same plane as God. Can't do it. Not going to happen. What happened? He got thrown down, right? That's what it said. That's what's going to happen to us, too. In Hosea, we, we studied this last time, uh, Hosea, it says, when I fed them, they were satisfied. When they were satisfied, they became proud, and then they forgot me. You see, we forget where it all comes from. God is taking care of us. God is providing for us. It's not me and my great wisdom. It's not me and my wonderful uh, understanding, my, my great knowledge. It's not me and my good looks. Okay. I'll let that one go. He says, they became proud and then they forgot me. So that's, that's, the, that's the heart of our problems. We, we think we can do it. We don't realize where it came from. Where did the sun come from that warms us, that helps plants to grow? Where did the, where did the, the animals and the, the trees and all the things that are on this planet, where did they all come from? They just happened together and the big bang thing happened? We turn away. You read about it in Romans chapter 1. You know, we, we, we just kind of do our own thing. You know, the, the, if, if people would look, they could see in the creation that there is a God and that He has provided, that He has done this incredible thing for us. But when we try to turn away and do our own thing without Him, that's where we get into trouble. Every single time. And it's pride. It's pride. Why do you keep talking about Pride. You know, he, he talks about here, the, the thing is, he says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. You see, pride is not, you know, we don't all of a sudden say, well, I'm, you know, I am kind of proud. I've, I've got, you know, I've got a little proud. No, because we're deceived by it. We think we're we're actually doing pretty good. We think a lot about ourselves, but somebody quoted this uh, today, one of the girls, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? Our, the pride he said here to the people of Edom, he says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. You don't, you know, we may not even know it. It's deceptive. It's not like it doesn't come in the door and say, well, I'm going to make you pride. I'm going to, you know, you're, you're really, you're doing well in this pride thing now. It doesn't happen that way. But look what the second verse there says. He says, I, the Lord, search the heart. And examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. This is where we answer. This is who we answer to in the end, isn't it? It's the Lord. It's God. That's that's where we need to be going. Look down um, in verse 4. He says, Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars from there, I will bring you down, declares the Lord. You see, Edom, uh, they they thought they were untouchable. They thought that they were invincible. They thought they had it all together so well that nobody could ever bring them down. And and they lived in a place, a very secure place, which had natural uh, defenses. And they would live like up on the tops of these kinds of uh, spots. And this is leading up to a place called Petra, which they believe was one of their cities. And, and so if you're up on top and you're being attacked by somebody down below, guess who's going to win? Guess who has the advantage? So they thought, well, you know, no, nobody's going to bring me down. That's what he says here. Who can bring me down? In verse 3, the last part of verse 3, who can bring me down to the ground? Who can, uh, you know, stop me? You know, they had these places they built. They were incredible in in this area. But you could imagine being up on the tops of these mountains. Who can bring me down? Who's going to stop me? Sounds like some political leaders in our world today, doesn't it? Who can stop me? Who's going to to bring me down to the ground? But look what it said there in verse 4. We just read it. From there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. God's going to bring us down. God will bring us down. We've got to keep that in mind. Who, who's who around here? They thought they were really something. And you know what? I, 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 can't, I can't not think about our society. You know? Uh, we, we, actually, we actually take pride in our pride. Did you know that? You think about it. We, it's a good thing that we're so proud. We're such a proud people. We have the strongest this and the biggest that. And, and we're the wealthiest and we're the most, you know, advanced. But are we, really, are we the most advanced? Is it a good thing that we're so proud? Another quote by this same author, and his name is James Montgomery Boyce, he was a pastor in Philadelphia uh, for many, many years. He said this, is the United States destined for destruction? We cannot say. He says, she may recover her godly heritage. She may recover her godly heritage. She may last until the Lord's return. But we should be warned by God's judgment on Edom. He says, do we boast that we are strong? Do we have the largest army, the most missiles, the most effective navy? Do we boast that our technology is superior to that of the rest of the world? If so, we must watch out. God says that he can bring even our nation down. I, I, you know, we, we've got to be very careful, don't we? I think we do. You know, it's on an individual, personal level where we struggle and we, we deal with this pride that's right there but on, a, on a, a national level as well. I saw a very interesting uh, uh, little video clip by a, a guy from Harvard, and he was saying, you know, what makes a democracy work is the fact that, uh, is that people were following after God, that they had, they had a faith that motivated them to do the right thing. Well, if you take that out of the picture, if you take God out of the picture, democracy doesn't have you know the same kind of oomph behind it, if I can say that. You see what I, what I mean? This is a, this is a well-respected uh, uh, professor from, from Harvard. Our society. There was a guy in the book of Daniel. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. And this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, he, you know, he, was, he was blessed in incredible ways as well. But it, it went to his head. And this is what he said. He said, is not this the great Babylon that I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Isn't this what I've done for me? No credit to God there. No looking up to heaven there. It's a scary thing that our country would, uh, you know, it's been systematically where we've turned away from God and, and it's more of this is what we are doing. You just see it over and over, and it scares me to death. It really does. Can we recover, like he said? Can we, uh, you know, come back to a place of our godly heritage? I don't know. I hope. I hope we can. But it begins with each one of us as individuals that we understand. This guy, Nebuchadnezzar, he took a big fall. You can read about it in Daniel chapter 4. Read the whole story. It's fascinating. But, but he, he basically got chased out into the field and he, was like an, he lived like an animal, really. But he came, at, at one point in time he came and he humbled himself and this is what he said. He said, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to. To humble. He knew from personal experience, God's able to humble you. He's able to humble me. He's done it many times. Well, I don't really have a problem with pride. There I go, right there. I need to be humbled right there. Well, I don't really have a problem with that. Nebuchadnezzar knew, he says, God's able to, to uh, humble those Who walk in pride? Look at verse five and six. It says, "If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you! Would would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few leaves, a grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged, and all your allies." Will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. He says, you know, if if thieves come, even the the thieves come, they leave something. But he says, when we are humbled and, and as Edom was going to be humbled, there's going to be nothing left. Sometimes we have to get to that place where there is nothing left. I think we heard that earlier as well. We have to get to rock bottom before we realize that the only way is up. And I, and I just love that quote that says, that phrase that says, the way up is down. If we really want to be in a right direction, we need to humble ourselves. We need to, to, to realize and humble ourselves before the almighty hand of God. Notice there, he also says that their allies couldn't help them. In fact, their allies turned against them. You know, we can talk about all our allies and everything, but, you know, are they always going to be there? Are they really going to be there when we need them? He talks in this verse about friends. He says, your friends will deceive and overpower you. If you can't depend on your allies, if you can't depend on your friends, well, what do you, what do you have? Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. It's like, it's like this pride. It's not, only, it's, de- it's not only deceptive, but it also has a form of blindness. We just can't see it because we're too proud to see it. We're too proud to say, am I proud? Too proud to say, do I have a problem with this? Do I need to like get a check? Look at verse 8 and 9. He says, in that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, men of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, O Teman, o will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains. He talks about the wisdom that they, that they had. He talks about the understanding that they had. He talks about the warriors they had or their, their armed forces. That's us, man. I'm sorry, but that is us. We are so wise, we have got it all, we are, we are so smart, we have such uh, powerful forces, you know what? If, we don't, if we're not in a right relationship with God, none of that will protect us, none of that will help us. That's what he says here. In the end, the way I picture it is this, that we, that we stand up against God, that is, is what we're doing By leaving him out and not recognizing that all things come from him. That he is the one that gives us life and breath. That meaning is found in him. What we're doing is, my picture is that we're shaking our fist at him. We don't want it. I don't want you. Who do you think you are to come into my life? We're going to go down. (coughs) No other way from that position. It won't work. This uh, would be a good uh, scripture for us. We kind of misquote it sometimes. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. How do we quote that usually? Pride goes before a fall. That's kind of truncated, meaning we cut the middle out. But pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, if, we're, if we're lifted up in that way, we're going to go down. Let me quote to you from 1 Peter. Peter says, All of you clothe yourselves with humility. Toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Did you hear that? God actually opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He says, humble yourselves there, for under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. The way up is down. We need to humble ourselves before God. It starts with me. The pride starts in my heart. And I would love to see it happen as a, as a nation, that we would humble ourselves before the God of heaven and, and ask Him to have mercy on our country. We, we're so quick to say, God bless America. How about God have mercy on America? That's, that's what I think we should be saying. And humble ourselves before Him. We have, we have kind of gone away from you, haven't we? We all think, you know, and it's a deceptive, we all think we're doing really well and we are still a Christian nation, but let's wake up and smell the coffee because It's not happening. I don't see it. But it begins with each one of us, you and me. Let's uh, turn to the Gospel of Luke and we'll finish. We'll, we'll close in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Whenever I think about this, this concept, this is, I, I always think of these, uh, these two individuals. And uh, Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14 the Pharisee and the tax collector. He said, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. And some translations say prayed to himself, full of himself. He said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. That's the, that's the attitude of this guy. That's pride, isn't it? I'm and and this is sometimes we I'm glad I'm not like, you know, that one over there. What makes you so good? But verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus' response was this, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's what we've been saying, isn't it? That the way up is down. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's what you and I that's what we need to do. We need to do it every day. Humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, and He will lift us up in due time. Finished with another quote from James Boyce, he, he gave me three good ones this time. He says, he says, "Here there are four things God's people must do. First, we must humble ourselves. The reason for this is obvious, if pride is the original sin and the source of all other sins as it is, and if humility is the opposite of pride as we know it to be, then the cure will begin not at the periphery on the edges, but at the very core of the problem. We must begin with humility, which means that we must begin with the confession that we are not adequate for the problems that confront us and we must seek help from God. He says, moreover, it is believing people, believers, who must do this. We, too, are prideful, perhaps at times even more so than the unbelievers. We cannot expect those who do not know the Lord to humble themselves if we will not do it. Repentance must begin with the household of God, as the Bible tells us so. We have to show the way to those that don't believe. We don't, you know. We, I'm a Christian now, and I'm self-righteous, and I'm way better than everybody else. That's not going to bring people to to faith in God, is it? But when they see that you and I, you know, we are we are we are humbling ourselves before the merciful hand of God. That we don't have it all together, that we need help from God. I'm not afraid to admit, well, that's just a crutch. Yes, it is a crutch. It's not just a crutch, it's two crutches. It's a hundred crutches, it's everything I need to humble myself before God. Right? So So don't be afraid to let somebody know around you that, you know what, I can't face the things of this world, the things of this life. I'm not adequate for the problems that confront me. But God is, and I humble myself before him, and I call upon him to be my savior, my strength, and my everything, my all in all. That's what you and I need to do. Every day. We could could go through this message every single week for a year and we would still have to learn this lesson. This is a lesson you and I need. It's it's the very heart, like he's saying, your very very core of who, who we are because the middle letter of the word pride is I. It's right here. It's not out there. It's right here in me. Let's pray, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for... The fact that your mercies are new every morning. And you forgive us. You wash us. You cleanse us. And, and even of our prideful attitudes that we all have, every single one of us. God, we, we humble ourselves right now and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry that I thought I could do it without you. I'm sorry that I, I thought I was better than you. Those others around me. I'm sorry, Lord, for being a prideful individual. I'm sorry for thinking it's all wrapped up in I, me, and mine, my. Father, but it, what it really is is you. And so we humble ourselves before you, your mighty hand, and who you are. You'll lift us up. That's what we want, Lord. That's what we need. Maybe you're struggling, maybe you're fighting, maybe you're saying this doesn't apply to you, I don't know. But while we're praying, I think it's a good time to say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, like that tax collector did in Luke chapter 18. God, have mercy on me. I need it. I need it today. I need it every day. Help us, Lord. Father, I want to also pray this morning as we clothes for any that have never bowed the knee and maybe, uh, maybe you've been fighting this thing thinking you could do it on your own but you're now realizing you just can't do it on your own you need the help of God you've heard it in the testimony you've, you've heard it from God's word that you need to give your life to Jesus well you can do that right here and right now today's a good day to say Lord I'm lost I need, I need you I need you in my life Please come in. Please forgive me and please humble myself before you today here in January of 2015. Help us, Lord. Help each one of us, Lord. We come to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing one more song, shall we?